Welcome to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry. I'm Brian Lee, and I never have time to be on this show, so at least I'm doing the intro. Welcome back to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Hello, JJ. What do you mean, welcome back? They haven't been here yet. No. Well, yeah. Yes, they have before. In oh, the past. that's what you mean. Yes. One I, would hope. Yes. One would hope. Whose hope? Is she our special guest today? Well, what is going on? We have a very special guest. I today. know Actually, we do. This is quite exciting, and I'm really. I know, sorry, like, Adam. like I'm a really legit, sorry. like celebrity. I didn't mean it. Not like a fake one. No. Like he's a real guy. <laughs> he's a real guy. Yeah, and he likes cars, uh, so I already like him. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Say hello to Adam Ferrara. Hello, Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello. How is everybody? You guys can call me Hope. Hope. Oh, oh very good. <laughs> your new uh-huh. name is Hope. All right. <laughs> now, uh, Adam has chastity. done a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Adam has um, run the gamut in the, in the entertainment world. I first knew you as a stand-up comic. Still am, yes. Still, uh, still are, still is. Um, a fantastic one at that. Uh, which You're I showed very you. Kind. Thank well, you. Well, it's one of the one of the best I'd ever seen live. This is uh, we met in New York, New York yeah. City, through an ex, my ex husband, my old life. Oh, I remember um, him. And that was always really, you know, it was great to hang out and do that. But this is really cool that you're willing to come on the show because you have managed to be in movies and TV shows and audition for all sorts of things that I thought would be cool to talk about your experiences and anything voiceover related that you've done because I know you've done a couple of things. Yeah. But, well, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, it'd be, be great to, to share with you. And I've been very fortunate to do a lot of things. you think there'd be more money. <laughs> but no. <laughs> well. Wouldn't but you? It's, <laughs> hey, you live in California. You're doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> I live um, in Greenbrier. <laughs> yeah. You do and I'm on Island. my restaurant. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to home. That's where I'm from. Yeah. And that's where I, uh, yeah. that's actually where it all started to seep in, you know, as, uh, uh, when you walk or you hear like, you know, different voices for like, but like my father's voice, my mother's voice, and they're still banging around in my head right now for good or for ill. Yes. Um, <laughs> but that's where you can develop characters. I mean, you've done some work for me, uh, and I'm always amazed how you can change your voice and the position of your voice in your mouth. And it sounds, uh, totally different. Um, I can do variations of that. Yeah, um, but it's not really. I'm not really sitting in another character. You know, I'm not inhabiting. Uh, so even when you do else. the characters of your family members for your shows for your stand-up, yeah, you. But you're kind of inhibiting. Yeah, I inhabit those only because I know them. You know, it's like. Uh, but every everything else, like if I got like like Gary Oldman and all those guys that can build a character, mm-hmm. that's always fascinating to me because it's a whole different body center. And I've studied it. I've studied the body centers and how to do that. And, and I can get there occasionally, but but a sustained thing for that. Uh, is 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 a a talent that's out actually uh, in a in a whole nother. That's a really good uh, point. Strategy. That's the key word is sustaining. A lot of sustaining people... it. Yeah, I can I, I can I can punch in and out of stuff, and it's <laughs> yeah. good for voiceover. Yeah, uh, for live performance. I mean, when you see live theater, like I haven't done a lot of it. Uh, I did it just as an actor, but that that's frontline acting, and that's um in the, in this business specifically the voiceover business as you know we could we have the benefit of all right let's try that again right yeah right mm-hmm. you know right. in so, my uh, case i got fired about 30 seconds in i got a call from a client said do you do australian i went sure good day mate shrimp on the bobby and i get to the <laughs> studio and it's 21 pages about i don't know how to take apart a carburetor on a rider truck which right. has nothing to do with australian and i 
I said about four words, and he says, no, you sound a little Scottish with a little Jewish accent in there. You're now the announcer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do that to me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell the it's truth. Sustaining uh, okay. It. Yeah. 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 It, it, but to, again, people can hear it. You know, yes. you can hear it, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, you, you put garbage in, you get garbage out. Not that it's garbage, but it's it, the more authentic you, you come from, the more authentic your, your voiceover will sound. Right. Were you born in New York? I was born at Hillcrest Hospital in Queens. I grew up on Long Island. Uh, Long Island. I met a woman named Linda while I lived there. Ah, um, <laughs> okay. I lived in City Island twice. Mm -hmm. I lived in Greenwich Village. Uh, I still got my apartment down in Greenwich Village, so I go back and forth between California this was and, and New York. And my accent gets a lot thicker yeah. when I'm in New York. Yeah. <laughs> I lived there in 66 mm -hmm. and uh, across from Washington Square Park. Yeah. And there's still somebody riding their bike they took from me, those, those mean people. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm a New Yorker myself, but not really because I lived in Florida. Yeah. yeah. So biggest bet, I have a, two of the biggest bets I ever paid a bet were, was on me. And one was a voiceover related work. I did a, I was the voice of um, Titleist Golf Balls in a Freddie Couples ad. I did the voice. Oh, really? Yeah. So I do the voice. I get the gig, right? They, and they pay me half the deposit up front. It was a nice chunk of money. And uh, my, my manager calls me up. I said, all right, so when are we going in to record this? He's like, uh, yeah, here's what we got. They get, you, they said you can, they, you can keep the deposit, but they're going to go another way uh, because the client heard your voice. He said, you're too New York. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give them the deposit back if they give me another shot at it. Mm. Mm -hmm. And don't, my only stipulation is don't tell the client that it's me that they're playing in the next choice. Right. Right. So, and my manager was like, are you out of your friggin' mind? We got money in our hands right now. I said, yeah, I know. I want to place this bet. Okay. I did it and I got the gig. Wow. Ah, I got the gig. So I, I, I like what I said when you said about sustaining JJ's, like right. I can do it on another take, but I can't, you know, a whole performance of it. I won't be able to do that, but I can sustain in doing it. And so what was your other take that you did that you I just try, I just pulled back on the New York a little bit. And to mm -hmm. be honest with you, I don't think it was that friggin' different. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. But, you know, <laughs> you're willing to take the chance. It's like I got the I, I, I didn't have a wife then, so I could gamble, you know, and now <laughs> yeah. I'm like, give me the cash. She eats every day, this woman. Yeah. So <laughs> I could afford to take the chance. So I did. And I really Linda, I really don't think I did anything that different, but I got really? the gig. So I got my full paycheck, and nice. my manager got a set of clubs for a couple play in, in the commercial. It's like, Very nice. It's like the old engineer. Can you turn the headphones down a little bit? He reaches over, does absolutely nothing. He says, "Is that better?" And I'm, "Oh yeah, thanks." Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's Same talk people. about Top Gear. You were mm -hmm. on Top Gear for six seasons, hosting yeah. that show. Yeah, and yeah. you're a big car lover, as is JJ mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. what uh, did you reach out? And, you know, tell your agents I want to audition for Top Gear or what? No, happened? I was what I was doing was uh, I was shooting Rescue Me at the time. And um, we were doing the Rescue Me comedy tour. We would do that every year. Me, Dennis, uh, Lenny Clark would tour with a band to promote the new season coming out. Mm -hmm. So we're on the tour bus. And, Dennis Leary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me. De yeah, Dennis Leary. Me, Dennis Leary, Lenny Clark are on the tour bus. And um, I don't know. It's after a show. It's the middle of the night. We're heading to some other city. We're eating a pizza. And uh Dennis looks up and says, uh, how do you guys feel about um, doing um, four more episodes of the show? And then and then that'll be it. We're done. We've told all the stories. And me and Lenny looked at each other and said, no, <laughs> we don't have Ice Age money. You skinny Irish. <laughs> Think of us. <laughs> it's true. 
<laughs> I'm not sure you can say Ice Age on this podcast, but we'll cut that out. <laughs> say what you Stop. want. I'll bleep it up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, good. So he laughed. He goes, all right, we'll do. I think what we did was we did. We shot like nine episodes in a row and then they cut it up into whatever they did. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this business, you have a job for a while. And hey, six seasons of Top Gear, you know, seven seasons of, of, of Rescue Me. Um I That's did two fantastic. or three years on Nurse Jackie. That's a good run in this yeah. business. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So I had to think of something to do. You know, I, what's the next thing? I was still doing stand-up. Um, so while I was doing stand-up, I always liked cars. I said, oh, let me do something with cars. So I, I had this other show idea that I did for the, for History, uh, History Channel. Um, and it didn't go. We shot a pilot. It didn't go. But they, they liked me. And they said, are you familiar with Top Gear? I said, yeah. He's like, well, we bought the American rights. I said, well, don't screw it up. It's a great show. Don't yeah. screw it up. Yeah. And they said, well, we want you to be in. I'm like, I don't want to screw it up. Don't put this on me. <laughs> he said, and I said, I don't, I don't feel like being an imitation of them. They're like, no, 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 no. We don't want an imitation. We want an American version, you know, you being you in that context. And it's produced by the same people, the BBC that did Top Gear. So it wasn't just some cheap ripoff. It was the, it was the mothership. It's a legit, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I felt better about that. So he's like, look, do you just want to meet the people doing it? I said, yeah, okay, I'll go meet them. So I got a call. He's all right. And it wasn't like anything. I, I didn't go to a studio. I didn't go to a producer's office or nothing. They said, there's a church parking lot uh, in Ventura. <laughs> go there. Look for an Evo. Like it was a ransom drop and no cops. Right. So I get there. And there's a bunch of English dudes because it's the BBC camera set up. There's a Mitsubishi Evo sitting there and uh, and Rutten Tanner. They had those two. They were looking for the third guy. Okay. So the camera was all rigged up. The car was real rigged up with the camera. So I got in the car and we start. Tanner starts doing donuts. Tanner Faust, who was the race car driver on the show, starts doing donuts. Rutt's in the back complaining and I'm telling him to shut up. So we kind of all fell into it. And then I then I realized I'm like, wait a minute, you can drive like that. If we pull a job, you can be a wheel man. Yeah. And they're all looking at me like, what the hell? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> so it all kind of happened of us like, you know, getting to know each other in that car. And I kept going back. Linda. I kept going like two or three times going back. And then uh, they'd like to see you again. I go, yeah, it ain't changing. This is it. OK, <laughs> this is this is what do they want now? So they're looking for that spark and that chemistry, right? <clears throat> yeah, but I kept going York. back. What I didn't know was <laughs> I we I was in the lead for everything, but they just wanted to see different things. They they kept pitching to me because they wanted to see how what you could do differently in this other take, you know. So they were working. Oh, interesting. With mm-hmm. They were working with because I I would do the news one week when I went back, and then I would sit in the chair and do this way. They were trying to. They liked the three of us together. Then they wanted to figure out how it worked and can we all do it in this context. And I didn't know that. I just went, hey, this is it. You're either going to buy it or you're not. I'm moving on. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, and I eventually they offered me the gig and I said, yes. And I thought it was just going to be a summer gig, you know. And wow. then um, and I remember when we got picked up, we did the Tonight Show together. The three of us were doing the, the Tonight Show. And we got a call from the lady who ran A&E at the time, um, Nancy uh, Dubuque. And uh, we were sitting in the car just ready to go on. I think we were eating. I'm not sure. <laughs> we were sitting in the car and she goes, you can announce that we have a season two. And I went. I didn't even think we were going to get. Okay, great. <laughs> and nice. I had no idea. It was the first. Because what does that mean? I go. We're going to eat again next year. That's what it means. Good, good. <laughs> wow, incredible! But you did some like amazing stunts and all sorts of stuff. I'm seeing here on your website. Yeah, and I'm still alive. That's the key to that show. That's what they said. Like I jumped a cat. He sees like the our second episode. I jumped a cat like about forty feet in the air. And you know when I do appearances and stuff and like, in car shows, they're like. Did you really jump the category? Go, we didn't have money for lunch. You think we had a stunt budget? 
<laughs> it's basic cable. <laughs> To hold the car up or where it aired? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, we had nothing. Yes, of course. That was me. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, talk about the auditioning process for like Nurse Jackie, you know, or. That was actually, I think I did it. I did an interview with Slate Magazine. I told this story. I, that was not an easy audition for me, but I was prepared for that audition. I'll, uh, here's the story. I was doing Top Gear. Uh, and, uh, I was on the road for about two, three weeks and I called my wife and I said, I'm coming home, honey. Cause I was gone for a while. Right. I'm cool. And here's the thing. If I don't smell my wife's hair once a week, shit gets broken. So I, she needs to calm the big monkey down. <laughs> Wait, you know, look electric cars, you have range anxiety. Cause you don't know if you can, I have range anxiety if I get too far from my wife, cause I'm going to break something yes. and I'm just, you know, Hulk smash. That's pretty oh, much. Can we talk more? So about I called her up. Monkey? I said, right, look, I'm coming home. I land Friday. They send in a car. I'm coming to the house. Uh, it's pants free weekend. Me, you, the dog, no pants. Let the chips fall where they may. All right. Uh, okay. It could be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so I came home. First thing I did, kiss my wife, took my pants off. She laughed. And then she, then she got upset that I wasn't going to put them back on. She went upstairs. So my manager called the phone rang and I picked it up. And I went, no, they said, they want you to, you want to fly to New York. They want you to read with Edie Falco. I said, all right. I, I walked upstairs. I walked into the bedroom. Still, no pants. And there was my wife. And she saw my face. And she went, what? And I said, they want me to fly to New York uh, now to, to read with uh, Edie Falco. And my wife looked at me and said, put your pants on. Yeah. <laughs> I put my pants on. She's smart. Yeah, I put my pants on. She gave me a kiss. Uh, I went. And um, what had happened is I had auditioned for The Sopranos at least, no exaggeration, eight to ten times because they were shot in New York. I, and it was, and you get the call to go read and you get the call at five o'clock at Silver Cup Studios. For those of you in your audience that don't know, I, live in, I was living in the village, um, down in the village. And five o'clock is rush hour in New York. You got to take the subway during rush hour to yep. Queens to this place called Silver Cup, which is a studio. So you're in mm -hmm. this crush of humanity on a train <laughs> yeah. going to Queens at five o'clock in rush hour to get off to see a 30 or 40 other gindaloons that look just like you <laughs> and sound just like you <laughs> to walk in and to, to have them. And I did this 10 times, 10 times. Wow. So by the fourth or fifth time, you know, David Chase was there. I'm like, what aren't you going to like this time? You know, because I was having fun <laughs> with it. But what I didn't know was they kept pitching. To, that was the same thing I wasn't aware of with Top Gear. They kept pitching to me. So mm -hmm. anytime a director works with you in a room or gives you a note, he wants to see something. It means he likes what he sees or, or, or she likes what she sees and wants to take it further and see what else you can do. So yeah. I wasn't aware of that I was just annoyed. I got to go with five. I said, can we do it at two? I have things. <laughs> right. No. So you would do it, but they kept different parts, different parts, because they liked me. They were trying to get me to fit in. So because I did that, when I got the call for Jackie, I knew what it was. I'm going to fly. I'm going to stay in my little apartment. I got to go to Silver Cup because it's the same studio. It was the same place. And it was actually, no, it, was, it wasn't Silver Cup. It was in Queens. It was the way they shoot. Um, oh, it was Kaufman Astoria. So it was still mm. Queens. Okay. Um, but I knew the routine. I knew that I'm going to get my script. I'm going to do my work. I'm going to do my preparation. I'm going to be nervous on the train. I'm going to be mumbling to myself on the train. Uh, my anxiety, pre-anxiety for any audition is going to kick in. I know what it's going to be. I was familiar with the territory. So I wasn't shaken when I was in there because it was the same damn room. 
Yeah. But Edie Falco was there. That threw me a little bit because I was like, oh, wow. You know? Edie Falco, yeah. So I read with her and it was, it was, and they were all in the room. In, in the, they're all in the room. This, this is when, you know, we, you were auditioning live. Yes. Yeah, you know, now right. it's all over. Now, now we do it in a garage. But they were all in the room. And so I, it, was, it was easier. It was more familiar to me, the process. And I really think that helped me, um, helped me in my audition because uh, I wasn't really spun out when I was in there. Because of all the other times you'd gone. Yeah. yeah. There was a body memory, a sense memory of, of, of going to the process. I mean, you bring up a good point, And we talk about this with our students that maybe you don't get cast for something that you audition for voiceover wise. But it doesn't mean that maybe they haven't remembered you for something else. As yeah. we've had that happen a year later, they'll go, you auditioned for this. You weren't right for it, but you're right for, you know, yeah. something else. It's, every, it's, it's, it's and, and look at it as practice. Look at this. Your goal is not. My goal, and I, it took me a while to learn this, is is to do the best I can with the situations and opportunities that are presented to me. There's a reason. There's a reason that yeah. you, this is what I can do. It's like anytime I do a voiceover now, I, you know, we do them from our homes now. So I got the good mic. I got everything I did. I learned how to edit. I learned how to. Once you push send, you lose the power. So mm -hmm. once you get the audition, you have the power of all the preparation time, how you want to present yourself, what you want to do. Once you leave that room. It's done. You're on to the next yep. thing, but your, your moment of power is gone. That's why actors are such a pain in the ass. You know, an actor's a pain in the ass before they shoot. Right. Because that's when he's got the power. You know, after cut, thank you. He's done. No, no actor was ever like, he won't go back in his trailer. No, he won't come <laughs> out of the trailer. Because <laughs> once he comes out of the trailer and shoots the scene, his moment of power is over. So your moment, your opportunity to present yourself in the best light is before you do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So make the best. What what sustained me <laughs> is making the best of that prep time and that opportunity and being brutally honest. Did I do everything I could do? Mm -hmm. And when you get to the point where you can objectively say yes, there's a great relief. And the machine, your instrument and your machine, the grasping of the self-doubt and the grasping of the uh, of regret and stuff kind of lets go. Mm -hmm. And you can do more and you can you can you can you're you can do more and you, you can be more uh, and your own self limitations are kind of lifted by doing that. But it's practice. You got to keep going. And you, gotta say, be honest you, with yourself. you hang on to anything like if you audition for something huge, do you I still maintain I should have got four or five parts. These sons of bitches. Yes. But yeah. that, <laughs> yes. Me and my wife, when we watch a movie right now, we lay in bed at night. She goes, can we watch a movie like people? You know what that means? That means I can't sit there. And when someone walks in the scene, I go, he's working. You know, I can't. <laughs> Watch it like people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to what we were just talking about, Friday night at seven o'clock, I got an audition from somebody I haven't worked with in two years. Mm -hmm. And it was for a car spot and it had already been recorded. Mm -hmm. And evidently the client didn't like the voice. Sure. So they built the video. So he sent it to me at seven o'clock. So I wrote him back. I was at a birthday party or something. I don't know. And I said, do you mind if I do it over the weekend and have it for you first thing Monday morning? He said, that'd be great. So I took the time and, I, you know, every word had a time, you know, 0.0007 for the word mm -hmm. and. And it took me about an hour to get two takes together because mm -hmm. each thing was exactly timed and they were, it was just, it was fat all the way through. But I took the time and everything was just a skosh under the time and necessary. He sent me a note this morning. I'm sorry the client went a different direction, but thank you for reminding what a pro you are. Mm -hmm. Because I did... Yep. Just like Adam said, yeah. I took the time to prepare 
and to do the audition the right way. I said, all you have to do is drop this in and it'll fit just, you know, just like OJ's glove. Ha 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 ha. But Mm. he he appreciated that. (laughs) And I'm hoping he'll remember it next week. If something else comes up. He will, because this client's going to come and go, but his, his, now you're in, you're in his wheelhouse. And he's, you know, you're in his, you're you're in his thought of what, what can I, who do I need for this? It's like this gig I just did in, uh, for a thing called SEMA. It's a big car event yes. in, in, um, oh, in Vegas. That would be dangerous I got for the me. call. One, because the, the <laughs> people in the car community know me. Two is because I can host. And three is uh, I, I know what the job is. It's not know what the, the gig is. You know, know what, what is required of you. Yes. And make things easier for Well, You know how many actors Thank lose you. gigs because they're painting ass on the set? Thank you. Yep. Yep. Yes. <laughs> totally. Yes. It's choices that are made. There's maybe 15, 16 people I can do this gig. Then then it boils off to who do you know? Who's easy? Who's in town? Now it becomes a money thing. Do we got to fly them in? Who's local? You know, it's it's all there's yeah. a bunch of different parts to it. And what is in your control is every time the bell rings, you do a good job. That's someone else going. Oh, yeah. Hire. I got a job in a movie. What the hell is Ryan? This Ryan Reynolds movie. Definitely. Maybe was shot by part of the production company. People that worked on Rescue Me. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, I read the director saw my my tape and said, I want to hire him. We shoot. I want to hire him, but I, I want to meet when I want to read with him. But there's not a lot of time and I've never hired anybody off a of tape. And everyone in the production room went, it's Adam. Hire him. Right. So right. I had to get on. I had to go meet the guy. I didn't have to read. I had to meet the guy. He goes, look, I just wanted to meet you because I never hired anybody off a of tape. But all the production people said to hire him. I said, you should listen to these people. Yes, <laughs> they're good people. And he hired me. He was, a, and he's like, because they people knew me. People would, yep. you know. And that's here's the you thing that I found out in this business. Nobody wants to take a friggin' chance because their job's on the line. What you got to do is, a, as a product, and anyone doing voiceover, you're a product. Mm-hmm. You're a product. It's it's it ain't this business ain't fair, and don't be late. No, okay. Exactly. So. <laughs> That's it. I'm it ain't sorry, fair. Adam. Don't be late. And no one's going to take a Adam. chance on hiring you if it's going to put their job at rest, exactly. uh, at risk. And get yes. it done in time and don't call them back tomorrow. Yeah. Get back to them today. So that's it. <laughs> I know, mean, part of the simple part sense. of what I've learned in this business, and I don't know if it's if if you guys had the same experiences, it's my job just to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. keep going. Yes. It's just what can I do in the moment to keep me going to the next one? Yeah. And if you look for, if you're connected to the outcome of getting a gig, you're drinking in the morning yeah. <laughs> because your your value is connected to what these people think, and you're right. just another number to them. But if I go, listen, I did a good job on that. I I edited that. That was on time. I like the way my voice sounded. I hit all the notes. I articulate. I didn't swallow anything. Right. Once I push send, do I feel good about pushing send? Yeah. Yep. On to the next. Done. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt this morning. I said, you know, I didn't book it, but what a nice thing to say. And yeah. I know there will be future work with them. So, yeah, yeah that's that's okay. what's important. It's, it's, but it's, even if there's not, there's a satisfaction in the doing of it. Look, if you're not having fun doing it, exactly, stop doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it ain't going to pay off. Because no. even when it does pay off, now you're beholden for external external reinforcement for your well being. Right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're right. shot after that. It's right. a sugar high. Yeah. If you can keep doing it and enjoying the doing of it, then everything else is gravy. So the rate cards I gave my wife, I should take them away from her? Take like them. One through ten? <laughs> take them. Okay. I got a four the other day. It sucked. Well, you probably <laughs> earned it. Uh, so how cool do you stuff. stay motivated, Adam? 
I got a mortgage. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Yeah. That's what we always say yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you had any secrets to stay motivated other than. And may I that's, ask? That's do you have a lot of cars. Is, yeah. yeah. No, I got. I got. I got. I got. I don't the ones I want yet. Okay, gotcha. Um, I had okay. Chip Foose on my podcast. He's a car. Ooh, boy, and, uh, is he ever! And has the best yeah. rims in the world. And I yeah, and oh. I just did a I just did a thing uh thing with him in Vegas um with him and um oh. Magnus Walker and oh, Aunt Amsterdam. So, but anyway, well, I told Chip the next car I want is I he's going to make me a '57 Starfire Olds because that was my dad's car. That was the car he built. Uh, so I want that car, but I want it to work. Yeah. So he's gonna yeah he's gonna make a rest of that. <laughs> wow. But as far as keeping going, it's things like that, Linda. It's it's the more fun I have doing stuff, and um, not looking at it as a as a as a chore is because i used to get it i used to get like on a friday afternoon we need this by three o'clock and it's six pages and i was like eh. sometimes <laughs> i go i hope you find the guy you want call me really? back if you miss i, I can't do it now yeah. you know but I, I will tell them i won't just not respond because they'll stop pitching to me right i said listen i got i'm on a plane i can't you know mm-hmm. I'm not doing can this. you do it on your phone i got asked that once while i was on a plane and I went, yeah, no. do you do it on your phone? No, I yeah, can't. It's going to sound like no. snacks. No. While snacks. I'm wearing the oxygen mask. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but in answer to your question, how do you stay, if you enjoy what you're doing and, 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 and presenting your best, your best work getting, cause here's one thing I did learn to keep me going is I will record something, a voiceover. I'll think I got it. I won't, if it's not due that day, I don't push send till the next morning. Because nine times out of ten, I'll get up, listen to it again, and go, "Oh, I can do that." Better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you you sleep on it basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I sleep on it basically. But it's it's rather that I've I don't think I've learned I don't know if I've learning patience. I doubt it because I still go from zero to homicide in three seconds. But I'm <laughs> I'm I'm respecting the process more and knowing that I'm going to come into my opening uh, my opening emotional state with anything is is going to be anxiety because I don't know what it is. It's uncertainty. That's yeah. I don't know what that the is, script is. How can I do this? Am I going to get it done? All that shit comes out. So I okay, that's going to be there. Ain't going away. I ain't a bad person. Just go right through it. Yeah, you know, but but don't sit in it because most before I realized that I got to go through this, or I found out what the awareness was to get me through this, because most people rather choose unhappiness over uncertainty. Because yeah. uncertainty is scary. If I'm pissed off and these frigging people, what do they want from me? Well, that's something I can play, and it's it's the devil I know rather than right. going I. It's okay for me not to know. Yeah. Interesting. When you when you uh, when you approach a script, that's happened I'm to cur- me quite a few times. Just very quickly, mm-hmm. you're talking about the audition and waiting till the next day to send it. I have sent auditions on the first day, and then mm-hmm. next day I come to the studio, start working, and I play that audition again. And, you know, damn it! You know, I really could have done that better. I wish I could have yeah. that back. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a cool point. Record it in yeah. the night. Sleep on it. Get the the rating from your wife, and then wake up and listen to it again. <laughs> you know, and yeah, yeah, that's a that's a very interesting point. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try I, that. I have an interesting question for you because well, you that's perform... up to you, really. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> yes, trust me. Yes. Because Adam, you <clears throat> perform in front of all different types of audiences. So mm-hmm. there's one mode of performance for your stand up. There's yeah. another for movies. Mm-hmm. There's another for maybe a sitcom. Maybe you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you, how do you adjust that? I mean, I don't know if there's a technique you use or you just think, okay, I'm on stage. And- well, it's just to know the, know, know your environment. I mean, the, when I first did the first, 
single camera, which is like a movie, no audience job I got was a, uh, was a cop show. Uh, it was called uh, the job we shot in New York. And I remember the first scene was me, um, Dennis Leary and Elizabeth Hurley, believe it or not, was in the scene. Oh, well. and Peter Tolan was um, directing it. He was the guy that wrote, wrote it and directed it. So I got the gig. I went there and I, I was way too big. I was way too big in the first take. Really? And they went, cut. All right. And Peter went like this, called me over to Video Village where the director sits. I go, he goes, let's take a walk. Our Italians don't want to hear that because we don't think we're coming back. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you like horses? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I, I screwed something up. He's like, where did you come from? I said, well, because like, he just saw my tape. He didn't know my background. So I was a stand-up. Um, he goes, yeah, but you did some acting. And he looked at all the acting I did. He goes, this was all three-camera or multi-camera with an audience. He goes, ah, okay. He goes, I got it. He goes, you're not talking. You, you, don't play Don't play for the laugh, and you're not talking to an audience. He goes, you just talk to Dennis. Okay. That was the note he gave me. I delivered the line right to him. He went like this. He gave me the thumbs up. That's mm. what I needed. Yeah. Because the first time they went cut, I went, that's it? That's it? Where's the laughter? Where's the where's the real? Someone better love me now. I'm insecure and I need my needs met by by the by the adulation of other people. (laughs) But when he said just talk to Dennis, it was like that. And that's when I really went into an acting class. I went, okay, this is a whole other thing. I'm not aware of. Yeah. Feels my instincts. My uh, stand up to me is is, it's 90 percent of it's instinctual. You, know, you yeah. can learn how to craft a joke. You can learn how to write. You can learn how to structure a set for late night. You can learn how to structure a special. You can learn all that shit, the plumbing. But if you don't have the water, oh God, you know, that's no not one a, comes to see the pipes. They come to see the fountain. Don't talk to Linda about plumbing today. Oh, okay. sorry. I'm dealing with a cesspool issue for the last two days. It has not been pretty. We'll put it that way. Uh, wait, <laughs> but, uh, let me picture it. No. I did shower. Oh, good. <laughs> good. At your neighbor's, I hope. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, so it's just a, a cool. different mode, you know, yeah. it's a different kind of, uh, it's a different we, mode you go into. We coach with, with our students, you know, basically to visualize just you're speaking to that one person to make that connection yeah, right. with your audience. But I'm curious for stand-up because stand-up to me just seems so intimidating, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you are, it appears to me from the audience perspective that you are completely vulnerable. Like you are out there exposing oh, yeah. everything about you in a live environment. Right, yeah. 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 So but I mean, it's how like, do you get I'll that? be honest with you. I never, it's just something I could do. Really? It's just something I was actually, even the stamps I have on my show, um, we're more comfortable in front of a state. I'm more comfortable in front of 400 strangers than, than looking in the eyes of someone that, you know, knows me, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't understand why, but it's just like, I can go to an audience. I could be more intimate with those people. Because it's in the context of entertainment. You know, I draw on truth because I'm a confessional comic. You know, I talk about my life. I put it in a blender. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, it's just, I'm, that's the way, just the way I'm wired. Yeah. You know? And acting was you had to get over, you had to put that vulnerability in a scene with somebody else um, without the reinforcement of the laughter. Right. So you're, you're vulnerable, but you're just, you're just showing flashes of it. Because you're you're playing for the laugh and you're playing for that energy coming back to you and you're willing to, I'm willing to be open up the rib cage and show you the beating heart to get the, to get back the laughter I need and then that's the energy exchange that happens with the live audience which comes just instinctually. Acting was a little more getting to where that. I got to go. I did the Criminal Minds. I had to cry twice on TV. 
Both times pissed me off. The first time, <laughs> because here's what happens when you're a guest star. When you're a guest star, you're going to get the first scene up because the regulars aren't awake yet. You're only going to get two takes and you better <laughs> hurry up and get it right. OK, so that's pretty much what it is. So first time I was doing a law and order. I was on the roof of Chelsea Pierce having a cigarette with Jesse Martin. This is when I was smoking. And, he, you know, they, they, we'd go for rehearsal. The, the crew takes the set. They set up. I'm having a smoke. And he's looking at me. I just met this guy. He's like, man, I don't envy you having to do acting shit this early in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I go, You're just sitting there with a friggin' pencil and a pad taking shit down. <laughs> so that's how it works. Okay. Yeah. And the same thing on Criminal Minds. I had to play the father of a, 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 a child that was abducted. 8.30 on a Thursday. All right, we're going to do your coverage. Can I get <laughs> coffee first? <laughs> That's how they wanted to make you cry. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm crying on camera. I hear the sound guy. They're setting everything up going, I'm breaking up with her as soon as we're going home. This is, I'm not going to be treated like this anymore. You're right. You should, Russell. Hey, Russell, I'm trying to work it. And you can't say that to Russell because I'm the guest star. Russell's there every week. I'm leaving Friday. So how do you, how do you muster up the tears? On call. Oh, it's this this breath patterns that trigger the body, the mind, and the acting. The mind doesn't know what's real and what's not. So, like, what's you know? what's your acting tech? What acting techniques did you study? Was it I like a famous Stephen one? Book? I highly recommend Stephen Book. Uh, Where is Stephen got, Book? Stephen Book is out here in, in Los Angeles. The Stephen Book Acting Academy is really really good. You can get his books online. Book on acting. Mm. Uh, he's got uh, the actor takes a meeting, which is another movie. He's got another one coming out. Um, I think next year. Uh, like a guide to what you have to do when you have to act. And one of the things that you do is there's a breath pattern. There's like a staccato breath pattern. When the body cries, you can mimic the breath pattern and kind of like crank it up. Yeah. So the body knows to take it over. So that's a good breath patterns you can do. And that's I, a good I resource just, because like um, we always encourage our students, if they can get into an acting class or at least right. get into some improv. Yeah. But a lot of people it, live. It's, it's come, that's the authenticity of when it comes out from the one place when you're all labeled. In one place. But a lot of people don't have access to that in their town or anything decent. So it's good to know that there's something, a book or something yeah, that they could. A book on acting. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, it, it's a big, thick book. It, it's very extensive. And, it, uh, and if you do it with a bunch of your friends, he puts instructions on there how you can get a group together and, and actually do the yeah. exercises. I'm going to look at and, that. And cool. when these things hit, they're really amazing because you're, you've gone to another place. You've, you, you've broken through your expectations of yourself. And that's really, really. That's what we want for our students. Yes. And some don't let do. go. Break through the expectations of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard for them. Letting it's go not only it. for them, for me too. <laughs> for me too. I'm just saying, because we've been doing it for so many years, we, we try to <laughs> encourage them and just say, let go, feel it, figure out, you know, the emotion, what you should be expressing. We were just talking about a student earlier that cannot release, you know, and how, I, I don't know how many other ways to say it. Yeah. To get Eat someone brand. to. It's almost time What's for the pliers. Eat bran. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it whatever is, is stopping you um, is is something that's in your head. Don't have an expectation going into something. It, it's it. You have to cultivate a felt sense. Does that make sense? You can't. A felt sense. What does that mean? A felt like the, like one of your senses, you know, sight, smell, touch, hearing. Mm-hmm. A felt sense is your guts. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's letting go of the idea and the mental noise of what of control issues that your mind gives you yeah. to let go and fly like that. It's improv. Yeah, yeah. yeah it really you is. You got to improv Just, with yourself to get past yeah. the bullshit that's holding you back. And well, 99 pe- 
99 yeah. times out of 100, it is bullshit. It's yeah. just, it's conditioned responses and conditioned beliefs uh, that you have about yourself, this project and the environment. If you, if you can learn a felt sense, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't adhere to logic. It just oh, responds. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I try to tell them, turn off the brain that's questioning yeah, everything. Same, thing. Yeah. same words. Yeah. 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 Same it's thing. like that. That's why your breath is so important because your breath is the only thing you can control for a little while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's also involuntary when you're not sitting there. So you have to adapt the same. If you can con not control the mind, but uh, the same thing with the breath, like when you need the mind, turn it on. And when you don't, turn it off. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. Exactly. Same thing with, well, like your systems in your body. You're not thinking about digestion. Well, I am. Uh, well, Excuse me. It's because of the septic tank, but most people aren't thinking about it. I know. It's a good thing. It just happens. Uh, and that's when you, when you get your trust in your, in your machine, in your yeah. element, it just happens. JJ, you were, did I cut you off? You were going to say something? No, no, I was just having a moment. That's all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Adam, you have your own gas. podcast, the Adam yeah. Ferrara podcast. Oh, yes, what thirty minutes name? you'll never get back. <laughs> and and uh, I've been very fortunate to have such great guests on the show. Um, who have I had on this? Uh, Jay Leno did one for me. Kevin James, Nathan nice. Lane was great. I changed my shirt twice for the Nathan Nathan Lane interview. Nathan and Lane, my, my God, was laughing at me my whole time. Really? I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you're a sports guy, I've had Joe Buck, uh, the sportscaster on, um, uh, who was uh, Anthony Edwards, um, from, uh, Top Gun was on. I called him goose the whole time. He was great. Goose. Uh, <laughs> Billy Gibbons from ZZ top, uh, oh. a bunch of people on there. I had a bunch. Oh yeah. And, and being prepared, Steve Sharippa from the Sopranos. I had a, like Edie Falco did one for me, Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharippa as well. And he talked about being prepared on the set. Steve used to run the Riv. He used to book comics at the Riviera. He was, oh. he, <laughs> Yeah, that's what Steve used to do. Steve got into acting and, and put his work ethic into it. And, and he, he tells great stories about Gandolfini being prepared and everybody being prepared. And that's what's in your control is being prepared and making your presentation. That's great. Great Very advice. Cool. Very cool. See, everybody, yeah. you, got, you guys have to seek out Adam Ferrara's podcast. It's really good. I I'm going to. Episodes. Hopefully yeah, I'll be yeah, a guest one. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias was on and he talks about being the voice of uh, Speedy Gonzalez in the uh, Oh, really? Oh, Space cool. Jam movies, yeah. Oh, I gotta, it's I gotta fun. listen to that one. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, good. Well, you were so awesome, Adam. Thank you so much for taking some time it's to, to really hang out with us. Really, been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Always good to Thank see you. you guys. And give uh, your actors perspective. Yes. Um, and and help. Yeah, us it's too. all bullshit. It's <laughs> find, find out what works for you. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. But find well, the joy in it for you, because that's the only reason you do this. Right. Yep. When it's not mm -hmm. fun anymore, why do it? Yeah. If you listen to about about the about how to. Uh, the energy you put into him, I had uh, Steve Vai, the guitarist, is on this week. He was oh, in, cool. Uh, yeah, he, if you know David Lee Ross band, he was in that. He was in Whitesnake. He yeah. started with Frank Zappa. He's uh, incredible he's, guitarist. He's an incredible guitarist. And we talk, we get into a little bit of a metaphysical, metaphysical discussion. And one of the things I remember that I took from the conversation was, how do you feel when you're doing it? Because if you watch him play, it's, it's just like turning on a faucet it's effortless it's just happening yeah so if if any of this stuff if you want to know how listen to that interview because steve uh, articulates it a lot better than me that's a great way to put it too. very cool well this well, has awesome. been a fun thank one thank you so much it? for joining us thank you all right be well thank and be you. happy kids don't tell hey, me folks. what to do Oh, we sorry. have <laughs> actually we have workouts on wednesdays make sure you check out our, our uh, voiceover.guru the website and you can see the nights that we're doing some workouts it's for a voiceover the holiday workout, season. Though, it's not the other kind. 
I don't. Yeah, do no, this is an time. actual voiceover online workout. This is it. Um, yeah, and uh, any questions or comments, make sure you email us at info at voiceover.guru. And again, thank you so much, Adam. Thank Ferrara. you, Adam. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I Everyone, think it's time for, for a union us. break, huh? There Sounds go. good to me. Okay. All right. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you. Don't. Thanks for listening to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry. Learn more about us and get coaching at voiceover.guru.